the Jeep Talk Show. Now, two episodes a week. What? Two episodes? Okay. Yes, that's right. Two. Are you excited? I'm always excited when it comes out on Friday. It's actually a go-to podcast that I can actually listen to while I'm heading over to work or on my way home. New episodes every Friday and early Monday morning and time for your commute. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Hey, the JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show's for you. Find out more information about the Jeep Talk Show at jeeptalkshow.com. Hi, I'm Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama, and coming up on Jeep Life, the unsung Jeep Hero Parts. Hi, I'm Tony. And I'll be interviewing Scott from Spider Off-Road Park in Wildwood, Florida. It's a great off-road park, and you'll find out more information about it here just coming up later in the show. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. So the dog did it. For a third consecutive year, Auto Trader recognizes the Jeep Wrangler among the 10 best vehicles for dog lovers of 2021. Auto Trader marks the National Dog Day, August 23rd, by releasing its current list of the 10 best vehicles for dog lovers. With many people choosing to hit the road when traveling, Auto Trader's list is more important than ever in helping owners choose a vehicle that is comfortable, durable, and convenient for all family members, and especially the furry ones. Dog lovers tend to bring their furry buddies everywhere with them, so it's a real decision-making factor for many shoppers when they are considering which new vehicle to buy. Whether you tend to bring your pet along for everyday errand running or your, or regularly like your dog on long trips, it's important to consider your canine companion and which related features are important to you while shopping for your next vehicle. The iconic Jeep Wrangler's open-air freedom, go-anywhere 4x4 capability, and rugged interior are both driver and canine approved on many levels. Mopar factory authorization accessories include pet kennels, floor mats, and cargo mats to enhance the pet-friendly personalities of the Wrangler. Is your furry friend a jeeping co-pilot? Post up your favorite fur baby pics with your Jeep on our Facebook page to honor National Dog Day. Now, Larry, I know you take your dog. Is it dog or dogs that you take everywhere with you? Just dog. He's big enough for two dogs. <laughs> he counts as two. So, uh, yeah. would you even consider leaving your dog at home? Well, we do at times if, if we're going somewhere and I get a hotel room versus camping or something else. And then when we went to Toledo, the hotel we had wouldn't allow pets in of his size, so he had to stay put. So, you know, every now and then he gets to he gets to stay home on on some of the trips. Does you, does your dog? Uh, do you get in trouble with your dog when you leave him at home? Oh, no, trust me, the wife spoils him enough. He gets enough <laughs> treats either way. 
Oh, that's great. And by the way, uh, uh, Larry Jeep and Mo is here. He's part of our uh, Zoom meeting, one of our regular Zoom people. And he's going to be uh, uh, helping out with the show tonight, along with the uh, the other uh, members that uh, are here with us tonight. So uh, free, for all, free for all. What do you guys think about Jeep and dogs? Is that something uh, that, that you want to do? You do? Uh, or maybe it's a Jeep and cat. My dog doesn't like the bouncing around. He loves riding in the Jeep with the doors off and everything else with his head sticking out. That he loves. Bouncing around once you get on the rocks, he's he's done with it, right? He's, <laughs> he doesn't like the whole Jeep moving underneath his feet kind of thing. Does it does it get him uh, uh does he get motion sickness? Does he throw up? Is that maybe what's what's going on? No, he's just a chicken. I mean he's <laughs> he's an Aussie and uh like in the backyard you'll hear him barking, he sounds like he's ten feet tall. Yeah. But some dog walked in, his tail's between his leg and he's trying to hide under my feet. So I think it just scares him and he'll like curl up in the floorboard and try to pretend like he's not there right so but driving around town he loves it yeah so it's funny my uh uh my uh, oldest daughter has a dog and uh, sometimes she'll be outside and she may see a, a cat or somebody walking by and uh, the other day uh, i had actually let her out there i was watching her because i you know she's not on a leash and i want to make sure she didn't go after anything but uh, unfortunately i didn't notice uh, uh two kids walking uh, their dogs and uh, she did what i would call a drive-by barking because she aggressively goes after the dogs, and as she gets close to it, she just runs past them uh, a good five feet away from them, still barking. <laughs> so she's she's a bit of a chicken herself. <laughs> Does anybody have uh, any other animal that they take off road with them besides uh, besides a dog? Uh, I have a cat, but it doesn't go off road. <laughs> Cats are not uh, hey, stay at home. Yeah, not necessarily uh, off road uh, vehicles uh, type. <laughs> Uh, type animals i i was hoping somebody would say groundhog you know after groundhog day and uh <laughs> how bill murray took a ground dog uh <laughs> riding in the truck what a beautiful truck i hated to see that thing go off the edge of that uh that cliff oh you know i should have said spoiler warning you, do you still have to say spoiler warning for a, a movie that's yes, 30 years old absolutely spoiler alert <laughs> Hey, spoiler alert. I don't know if you say spoiler too alert. Soon. Too soon. Yeah, too soon. <laughs> that one's not on Disney Plus yet. I haven't been able to see it. Oh, no. <laughs> now, we just picked up a guinea pig, but uh, I've heard they don't do good in cars, so I don't think we'll be taking him on uh, any sort of off-roading trips. Oh, well, I was just going to say, you need to do a YouTube video with uh, your... Your guinea pig off-road. You know, don't let the Jeep dogs take it. Like Jeep well, guinea pig. I do have a, a friend of ours that's got a cabin up north in Wisconsin. So we, I've got a four-hour drive. And I got to bring the guinea pig up with me because we're going to be up there for like four or five days. And we don't have anyone to babysit him down at our house. So we'll see how he handles just a, a regular road trip before we take him off-roading. Yeah, well, you don't want to have to have an explanation uh uh, to the kids, uh, why the guinea pig didn't make it, and then have a burial uh, when you get to wherever you're going. So I don't know if you guys have problems with Jeep thieves in your area. Hopefully not. Of course, we know uh, Josh has lots of problems or has had lots of problems with uh, uh, Honda thieves in uh, his neck of the woods. But uh, three out of four Jeep thieves in this case were caught. Just about three weeks ago, uh, as we record this episode, officers from Seven Hills, Ohio Police Department were dispatched to check out some calls about a black Jeep SUV driving down the street without headlights. Reports say that juveniles were allegedly getting out of the Jeep and were pulling on other vehicle door handles. An arriving officer located the suspects on Pinnacle Park Drive. The Jeep Wrangler in question came back stolen out of Lakewood. Oh, there you go. 
Uh, while pursuing the Jeep, which was traveling 90 miles an hour, ooh, impressive, on Rockside Road, the first responding officer ran over spike strips deployed by the neighboring uh, Parma Police Department. <laughs> Despite the ill-timed mishap, the Parma officers were able to stop the Jeep. The Seven Hills officers were not uh, injured uh, after running over the spike strips. Uh, the four suspects attempted to flee the Jeep once it stopped, and three of the four juveniles were quickly apprehended. One had to be tased. Oh, thank God. I, I love it when they tase people. Uh, am I the only one who smiles a bit inside when you hear that? Yes. Charges for all suspects include receiving stolen property, resisting arrest, and failure to comply. A fourth suspect is still at large, and police are investigating. So have you guys had any problems with uh, thefts in your area, whether it's your Jeep or maybe just uh, a vehicle at your house? I had, I had my can broken into. I'm sorry. Carjackings. I'm sorry, Isaac, what did you say? I had an ammo can in the back of the Jeep with a bunch of tools that I'd used for when I was working on it. And someone came through and stole everything out of the ammo can. They did leave me a half a bag of M&Ms and a knit hat, though. So, you know, it's a fair trade. But it was th- those weren't there to begin with, right? They, they actually Correct. put them in there? Oh, that's that's They, they left that's their funny. stuff behind. That's funny. <laughs> they were geocaching. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's just it just it's a horrible feeling to have somebody just in your stuff i mean it, it, it's not stolen is one thing but just the thought of somebody coming in and touching something that belongs to you and uh um, i'm having memories of the ex-wife now christopher you had uh, you were talking what what was it that you were going to tell us about the the thie- your thieving ways i don't have any thieves in my area <laughs> thank goodness uh, it's in chicago it's been bad with carjackings um there was a Video posted the other day, a guy was filling up gas and pulls up with a gun. Dude lost his uh, JK. They did get it back eventually. I don't know what kind of condition it was in when they found it. But but, but they, they don't allow guns in Chicago, I understood. Yeah, okay. <laughs> don't allow legal guns in Chicago. No, that got repealed. That got overturned years ago. So uh, in our neighborhood, though, it's it's the uh, kind of like with those guys in that store you're talking about doing. That's there's a lot of people that go around the cars in the driveway just to check and see if they're unlocked, right? And then kind of run through them. But one of the things that's really helped in this area is almost everybody has one of those video doorbells now, right? And so mm-hmm. as soon as that happens, you just go to Facebook, right? And the neighborhood Facebook page is just whoever it was is plastered. And unfortunately, I've got a nephew that was one of the ones caught on the camera taking a bike, I guess, from wow. somewhere. And uh, he was he got with the wrong crowd or whatever and and you know they were all doing that and he kind of got one of those scared straight moments right because he had to actually go before the judge and all that kind of stuff and excellent but the same thing he was caught on a doorbell like those old camera video doorbells or whatever but they were just going by and just checking door handles to see if your car was unlocked luckily my jeep's in the garage so you know it's a little bit harder to get to (laughs) i live on a dead end and i've got the doorbell so if if you're on my end of the street you're you're better be someone i know or yeah there's no reason for you to be there (laughs) there's no reason for you to be here you don't live there yeah so i uh i've got several cameras and i think i've shared with you guys before uh, or if not directly indirectly through uh facebook posts and instagram and stuff but i've got several cameras uh, set up around the uh, the house here and uh when we had a uh, i noticed a kid i was sitting in the the kitchen and i could uh, we had the windows uh, the blinds open and uh, i saw this kid walking down the street and he, he looked like he was probably 16 17 years old maybe older 
and uh, walking on the street. And, and I kind of noticed as he was going by the uh, uh, the neighbor's uh, vehicle just in front of the house that it looked like he was trying to get into it just briefly. So I uh, I jumped up and went and uh, looked at the cameras uh, to see uh, the video if I could see that he was actually doing something like that. And yeah, sure enough, he was. Not only did he go down uh, the street, he came back the street checking the cars on the other side of the street and that's when i went out there and confronted him and he hauled ass uh now mind you this was at four o'clock in the afternoon on a weekday and i'm and i'm pretty sure i'm trying to remember i think this was during covid so it's not like <laughs> it's not like he didn't think people were home I guess they just figured people weren't watching. Anyway, with all the camera footage that I had, I was able to, I contacted the police and I was able to uh, uh, edit the video together and uh, zoom in and a bunch of other things. Of course, he was wearing a hoodie uh, that was covering most of his head, but uh, we haven't had any more issues around here since I provided that video to the police. <laughs> so I think the word got out that uh, there's uh there's you need to look up wild animals don't look up and thieves need to so they can see all the video cameras that are watching them the uh word out that the uh, neighborhood watch tony was on duty (laughs) (laughs) finally using big brother for good right we always say big brother's watching in the neighborhoods nowadays yeah one of those cameras and it's funny too because people say why in the world do you have you you got all those cameras you live in that bad a neighborhood no i just like being able to sit here in front of my computer and see what's going on outside the dog barks. I know exactly what's going on, and uh, I can tell her to shut up. It's not anybody. You know, it's like the UPS guy. And, of course, that's the good thing, too. You can see when Jeep parts are arriving. <laughs> Tony can tell you everything about every neighbor. <laughs> well, that's how he knows that motorbelt guy or the UPS guy yeah. delivering motorbelt bumpers was dragging. Right? <laughs> exactly. The UPS guy needed a hernia belt. Yeah, I actually had my uh, Volkswagen broken into um, before I got the Jeep. And, uh, yeah, it's not a good feeling. They busted my passenger window, took like a lot of stuff. They had, I had an old, uh, computer in the, in the trunk and they opened the trunk and everything. It's like, I was so pissed. Yeah. 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 I don't understand it. Sometimes people leave, uh, computers on the, uh, the back seat. Uh, not, not you, Mike Zen, but, uh, some people just leave it in the back seat of their vehicle, uh, or just a backpack that looks like it might have a laptop in it. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, I mean, especially in those vehicles that have a trunk where you can just open up the trunk and, and more than likely it's just a button you press inside the vehicle to open the trunk. So I don't know why people just don't take the time to put stuff in the trunk, you know, out of sight, out of mind is, uh, is, uh, a, a very good way to secure things. Uh, the, uh, thieves of opportunity are looking for, uh, uh, quick things uh, to, to steal. And if you uh, get it out of their sight, uh, you're less likely to lose it. So a world-famous off-road vehicle park area becomes an artil- artillery, artil- artillery range. Uh, so this is funny because I'm, I'm wondering if this is in Chicago. Off-roaders beware. The Johnson Valley shared use area will be closed to the public from October 22nd through November 1st for Marine Corps training exercises. The training period has been shortened by a week after Marine Corps finished refining the scope of the training to be conducted this fall, according to the news released from the Combat Center. When possible, the Marine Corps uh, elects to shorten closure periods for allow for maximum public use and recreation in the Johnson Valley shared use area. 
For those who don't know about this area, the Johnson Valley OHV area is 96,000 acres of off-road, off-highway vehicle multi-use area. This is where the world-famous King of the Hammers off-road race is held every year and is known around the world for its legendary terrain. Punctuated by steep, red, rocky mountains, rolling hills, open valleys, and dry lake beds, it's no wonder Jeepers from all over the globe have this on their bucket list of trails. There's even an area where you can see craters from bomb testing back during World War II. Approximately 53,000 acres of Johnson Valley is a shared-use area with the Marine Corps Air Guard, uh, I'm sorry, Air Ground Combat Center, MGA. GCC, located in 29 Palms, California. Markers and warning signs will clearly define the boundaries between the combat center and the shared use area. When training is complete, the Marine Corps will conduct a thorough pre-test and post-test instructions of the area to coordinate with the Bureau of Land Management to ensure the land is safe for public use. To stay up to date with these future closing closures of the Johnson Valley OHV shared use areas, we will have the link uh, for you in our show notes for this episode of the Jeep Talk Show. So tell me, guys, do you uh, have? Has anybody been to the King of the Hammers? I mean, have uh, if if so, have you actually wheeled out there? Yeah, it's on my fucking list too. I live near <laughs> it, so I should be able to go over, right? Want to go up that yeah. back door, right? You always hear about that as the famous obstacle out there on. What was that? Chocolate Thunder or whatever it is. One of the yeah hills. There's a lot of there's a lot of jokes on that one. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow but well, yeah because I, I know when i was out there with uh with mike and wendy we were doing uh john bull they were pointing out you were overlooking that whole valley and it looked like a fun area to be in oh i missed that i uh i, I was i may have just not been paying attention because i was just like with my mouth open looking at the scenery it's just absolutely gorgeous area you guys are probably used to that but i'm from texas and i haven't left texas many times and i certainly haven't been off road uh outside of texas so uh man the the whole gold mountain thing was just amazing and and it, i think the most amazing thing and i mentioned this before is you drive uh, uh don or wendy drives five minutes from the house and they're off road and you're not paying anybody anything you're just going out there and driving well i mean you're paying to be in california a bunch of money but other than that it's uh, it's free well oh, yeah. i always thought was awesome about king of the hammers if you ever watching those the videos on youtube they show like at night they'll pick an obstacle even with this great and there's like a competition to get up it and it's like a huge party around it like you'll see you know 100 people out there all crowded around like back door as an example right and you have all these people lined up trying to go up it, and everybody's kind of agging them on or yeah, of course. On yeah. go, 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 go. and it just looks like an awesome time right i mean it looks like a lot of fun is it air conditioned because i really like air conditioning <laughs> <laughs> i think golf would be a lot more fun if it was air conditioned <laughs> No, it really wouldn't. <laughs> it's still golf. <laughs> oh, I got you. I, was, I thought you were like a diehard golfer there for a second. <laughs> it's called pasture pool is what we call it, right? So if you got a news tip or have a response to any one of our stories, make sure to let us know by phone or email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to contact the show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. And we got something for everyone at the 4x4 Radio Network on the Trail Podcast, Trail Chasers, the Sinisher Podcast, the 4x4 Podcast. Lots of great shows, and it's all for free, and it's at 
4x4radionetwork.com. Hey, we'll see you there. Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, we'll wrap up our multi-part series in self-preparedness when wheeling in the wilderness. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show is in my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast. been a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, advice, and learning. Yep, yep, yep. Well, you know the drill. Just go over to JeepTalkShow.com and become a paid subscriber. You know, if you'd like to be uh, uh, one of those uh, infectious agents that we talk about and put uh, the the dirty, filthy rats on uh, random Jeeps, you can uh, get your uh, toe tags there as well. So just go over to JeepTalkShow.com, check out the store, and uh, get more information. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and uh, I'm starting to see some uh, new Ford Broncos out on the road, and uh, I even seen one on the trail once, a very light trail, but it brings up a few questions. Uh, The first question is, how in the heck did he get on the trail? And the second question is, if Fords are built so tough, how come the military doesn't use them? Yeah, it's a conundrum. The word of the day is conundrum. Don't know what it means. I think it means puzzle. But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you, I think every married man should try real hard to forget their mistakes. Yeah, there's no sense in two people remembering them. Huh? Huh? All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. And you have a good one. Bye. It's funny because it's true. I mean, if I had a dime for every time I heard, uh, you don't remember that? Uh, I really don't. <laughs> You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. So over the last couple of installments of Tech Talk, we've been going over the sort of preparedness one might skip over for your everyday kind of wheeling trip. Uh, But that could mean the difference between life and death if wheeling in the wilderness. Uh, We've gone over how to protect and treat your feet, the one thing that you uh, may have to rely on to get you back out of the wilderness. We've uh, covered the hydration and caloric intake and even touched on how to take it all with you. Today, we wrap up this multi-part series in the self-preparedness with the one last thing keeping you from being recovered. That's communication. If all you brought with you into the wilderness was that CB radio mounted under the dash in that Jeep you had to leave 12 hours ago, then you're in for a much longer hike. Being able to communicate during an emergency is critical whether it's a natural disaster or during the hike out of the wilderness to get part of your broken down rig. You absolutely need a way to call for help. Even the FCC wouldn't fault you for using a regulated band to call for help. So having something like a handheld dual band ham radio or at the very least a FRS or GMRS type radio could make all the difference in the world. CB is on its way out anyway. 
Sure, it's had a good 50-year-plus run and uh, being the modus communicato or communicado, but when compared to modern technology, CB radios just don't have the range vocal clarity like other public bands do. FRS or GMRS radios can be had for less than $40. Obviously, you can spend much more, but this is an area that will require some research, and depending on when you are listening to this episode, the recommendations of the Jeep Talk Show may be out of date. So spend a little time to see if uh, what is currently out there and getting good reviews and has the best range for the price. Regardless of what you go with, keep it charged. Even the best, most top-of-the-line radio won't do you any good if it dies before you get a chance to even key up. Now, I'm not saying you need to ditch the CB altogether, but take this into consideration. One of the nation's largest recognized Jeep clubs, the Jeep Jamboree, will be using only FRS GMRS radios as of the 2021 wheeling season. The bottom line is that when it comes to reaching out for help, you can do it with a whisper or a shout, and the CB isn't going to get anyone's attention when it comes down to rescue situation. This, of course, is all under the assumption that you will be out of cell phone range, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't always have uh, that primary means of communications with you and safe at all times. Always store your radio with battery pack off or the batteries out of the radio and keep them both in watertight bags in your pack to protect them from any moisture that you may find in a torrential downpour or facing a water crossing. I will close with a few other considerations. Clearly, in a worst-case scenario, you could be facing multiple days out in the wild. You want to have more with you uh, than a jar of peanut butter and some warm water and a radio. I'm going to leave the common sense stuff to you, like shelter and clothes. Uh, You will also know where you are in relation to where you need to go or a radio for help or getting a cell phone range, etc. And I'm going to assume that you had enough common sense to dress appropriately for the region and season. So if you're in a three-day hike from civilization, one would assume you have gone out there with more than a set of flip-flops, half a Gatorade, and a candy bar. Keeping your radio and phone charge is the utmost importance to you, and wall power outlet or power port is nowhere to be found. Considering packing along a solar charging station, these rugged survival-type devices are built with the wilderness in mind. They are also about the size of a real thick cell phone and can have some serious amp hours behind them. Some will also have things built into the case and might be helpful, like a flashlight or a compass. And the best part, some of the high-end ones are less than $50. Next, you'll want to consider a very real possibility of a hydration pack uh, running out of water. Packing water with your multi-day hike could mean several pounds more on your shoulders that you have to carry. So consider one of the most reliable items that found uh, that is found in virtually uh, every Pepper's video and uh, pack out uh, there. The Life Straw. It's been around for 15 years and is sold internationally. This little handheld device can filter gross river, pond, stream, puddle water into clean and safe drinkable water. These things are cheap enough that you should have one in your pack. One in the vehicle and one at home. And three pack on Amazon right now is around $40. So it's a return on investment that is well worth the minimal cost. The last thing is going to be a bit obvious, but it's worth saying that along the trek to get help, Mother Nature may come calling. And pine cones, leaves, or a broad stick isn't going to cut it if you need to do what the bears do in the woods. 
So throw a half roll into of toilet paper in your uh, bag as well. You may also thank me one day. And here's the last tip. Don't overthink it. Chances are you will never be in this kind of situation. And, and if you're preparing for a big, long, out-in-the-wild kind of trip, chances are also pretty good that you've already done some homework and have a list or two going with many of these considerations already taken care of. But when it comes to this uh, self-prep bag, keep it small, keep it light, and keep it to the essentials. You can always upsize it from the gear you have on the Jeep. And as any uh, the, in, in different situations will dictate various uh, items. But remember what I said at the beginning of this. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Don't just leave it up to chance or luck. Be safe out there, Jeeper. And good luck. So going back to our Zoom people in our Zoom room, uh, do you guys do anything? Do you have a like a, 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 a what do you, no, not an old shit bag. What do you call it? The uh, a bug out bag? Anything that you have in case there's a, a natural disaster in your area or maybe it's something that you take with you when you go off road? I used to have something like that, but part of it was stolen when they uh, broke into my Jeep. Um, instead of having the life straws, I had like an iodine tablet and then i don't remember what the other chemical was to cancel out the iodine mm-hmm. but that that was supposed to clean the water out as well yeah yeah what one thing uh i strongly recommend too is if you do a lot of high backpacking and out, out adventures is a plb personal locator beacon like spot device or even now the garmin handheld gps as you can text through satellite so you can be anywhere in the world and get a message out yeah those things are kind of expensive uh the monthly on them is pretty expensive isn't it they are but you can also rent them check your area a lot oh, of the outfitters a lot of the outfitters like i go to the boundary waters which is a canoeing area up on the canada minnesota border we're eight we're an eight hour paddle away from a car out in the middle of the wilderness and a lot of the outfitters especially when i go with the scouts i i have to have that i don't want to be out there without it and they'll rent them so you know, there's one thing you, the 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 beacon, the light beacon that you that you mentioned. Uh, this made me think of something. Now, this might be an overly high tech solution, but if uh, if you're lost, uh, having a uh, and you happen to have a drone with you, uh, especially if you uh, have one of those little uh, those lights that you're supposed to put on it when you fly it at night. Those things are very bright. Uh, they hold a charge for a very long time. So not only could you uh, signal maybe uh, people that are looking for you, you might actually be able to figure out uh, where to go if you could see other people. And having that strobe light on top of it in, during the night would be, uh, I think it'd be better than a flare. Uh, it would help. Yeah. And during the daytime, an orange boat flare, which is very low tech, very cheap. You keep one of those on you. A, a plane flying by that sees orange smoke, they can see that for some good miles. And especially in this area where there might be campfires, people say, oh, light a fire. Well, white smoke might not detract someone, but you pop one of those orange smoke flares when you see a plane, they're going to see you. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, and, and those are just, uh, when you say orange flares, what was it again? A boat flare. You buy them at wherever you buy boating supplies. It's, so it's just like those little flare guns like you see in movies. Yeah, it's more of like a road flare stick. And it'll just pop orange smoke, and it just burns off. Oh, so it's it, you don't shoot anything up in the air. It just literally no. makes orange smoke. Yeah, you just keep it in your pack. It's it's the size of a road flare, and I carry one with me at all times when I'm out in the wilderness just because there are forest, patrol, forest planes doing uh, fire patrols, and they'll see it. So can you get it in red? 
something else we always we always travel with too is a a small battery backup uh, it's always in my backpack whether i'm on a road or travel or whatever all all the electronics is nice until it's dead yeah. yep. at least, <laughs> yeah. i can plug into that and i can charge i've charged my tablet i've charged my phone a couple times off one charge and then uh that's something to always keep with you yep signal mirror do you uh do any of you guys uh, have have or have used the life straw yes I like those. I have not ever used one, thankfully, but uh, I, I made sure and uh, got several of those, at least enough for the family to use. Well, I, I used it out of curiosity. It wasn't where I was in a situation where I had to use it. All right. Um, you know, we brought it along. We tested it out and something. Yeah, they're definitely there. They could be in a dire situation. A, a big help. You know, the last not, thing you want is to get sick with cardia. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, it's not something that uh, anybody's mentioned, but I'm wondering if you're uh, if you're visiting Mexico, if you could drink the water with one of these. I wouldn't try it. Probably. Yeah, Corona. In my Jeep, I, I always carry a bag where I have a change of clothes, uh, you know, medical kit, even one of those uh, life straws that you've mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, just in case, you know, especially when you're going off-roading, you just never know. I do have toilet paper in there as well. Yeah, I got to I, I gotta take toilet paper. Uh, that's just something I've, I forgot last time. Fortunately, you know, Hidden Falls has facilities, but uh, when you get out there on those long drives, sometimes uh, you, uh, you think about, you have lots of time to think. And that's one of the things I think about is like, you know, in between these towns, it could be a long direction a long ride and uh what if an emergency happens or uh, uh maybe you've eaten the wrong thing you know i swear to god i think that reuben sandwich that we had at hidden falls uh john i, I think that was uh, uh made me uh not gaseous but uh squirty i guess i would say and uh, i thought that's why you started with long sleeves oh jeez. oh yeah that's a good idea so do you have anything to add? Maybe you have a question for Tech Talk. Uh, so just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. This is Zach from CNM Jeeps. This is Lisa Simon from Trim Perfect. This is Alan Peterson with Painless Performance Wiring. This is Amy from TNA Decal. This is Neil from SFJ4x4.com. This is Randall Spear, Motorsports Manager from Dana Aftermarket. This is Paul Wolf from ENI USA RM. I'm John Eastmore from Black Forest. This is Nathan Leahy from Mickey Thompson Tires and Wheels. And, and you're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. And a nice big Jeep wave goes out to all of our friends and fans in the off road industry. We thank you for your support. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. All right, hill boys and girls, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. Uh, this uh, we're gonna in this interview we're gonna be talking with Scott. He's been in the off road and Jeep community for well over twenty five years and has been involved in everything from trail riding on the weekends to competition rock crawling up and down the East Coast. He has been involved in building a management of local off-road parks since 2014 and currently manages Spider Off-Road Park in Wildwood, Florida. Spider Off-Road will also be the future site of King of the Park Off-Road Race Series, which will be launching next year. You can find out more about Spider Off-Road on Facebook page, Spider Off-Road, Instagram page, Spider Off-Road Park, and TikTok at Spider underscore Off-Road. Of course, we'll have those links in our show notes. So, Scott, thank you very much for uh, for being on uh, tonight. And, uh, man, 
just got to got to start off with now uh are, are you a you're a florida native is that correct i am yes born and raised here in central florida so that's cool uh that so many people seem to move to florida but uh, you got there right away yeah yeah we're kind of <laughs> born into that atmosphere uh third generation actually so there's not too many of us left so uh what part of uh, florida are, is wildwood florida in um it is probably 30 minutes south of ocala so it's it's fairly central florida oh that's nice so I was I was mentioning to you before we started the uh, the interview about uh, on the trail podcast with Kevin and Scott. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly where they are in Florida. I know Florida is a pretty big state, but man, you got to check them out, uh, and especially since they're uh, potentially next door neighbors to you. Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely have to check it out. I mean, it sounds familiar. I'm sure I've heard of them before, um, but like I was saying, I just haven't got into the podcast stuff until recently well we really appreciate you uh checking us out and uh reaching out and uh, wanting to do the interview now tell us a little bit about yourself you've uh, you, you were born in florida you've been there for a while uh is it has it just been jeeps for you or have you been doing other things with uh vehicles uh, uh i mean around? it's it's kind of been all over the place like, i mean i started out with a jeep the first jeep i ever owned was a 84 cherokee two-door with a what were they 2.8 liter v6 in them back then um that's what i started out with and just kind of stuck with it started working on them um ran a few shops in town just started doing the full drive stuff and it's just always been jeeps i mean i have no problem breaking toyotas or breaking chevys (laughs) it's not gonna hurt my feelings any so what happened with the cherokee you know so many people we've spoke to here uh on the uh, on the podcast has said something uh, like what you said, they started off with a Cherokee, and uh, they something happened to it. They either, you know, it either got trashed or they sold it, but they miss it. Is that is that the case with you? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I've had so many of them over the years now. I don't, you know, Cherokees come and go for me these days. Um, Have you seen the prices want, of those things now? They're just yeah, oh sky goodness. high. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous for sure. Yeah, I did the Cherokee thing for a while when I was in high school, and then. Uh, bought me a little pickup truck when I went to school over in Orlando and uh, started missing the off-road. And so I bought a CJ, got me a CJ7. And uh, that's what I started my, went, I actually went trail riding one time up in uh, Teleco when it was open and uh, heard in town that there was a, a rock crawling competition going on in Jellico. So we drove over to watch and two months later, I called my dad. I said, pack your bags. We're going to uh I think the first trip we made was at a Badlands, Indiana. Entered my first rock crawling competition. So we hauled the old Florida Flatlander Jeep up there and absolutely obliterated the front end halfway through the first day. And that came back and rebuilt and went again. But uh, was it fun? Oh, it was absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I did it um, by myself. I mean, I had a couple of local sponsors that were helping me out for, I don't know, I'd say it was probably three, four years. And uh, that stock class that I was in was everybody was outclassing me you know it's just like every other race and they start pushing limits and and i'm here i'm rolling up in a cj with a carburetor and an old four speed and no power brakes and you know just didn't care just wanted to have fun and other guys are showing up and fuel injected short stars and automatics and it just got to me i just couldn't keep up anymore so plus well, is cheating man with that uh, fuel injection and the uh, automatics you got they had a lot less stuff to do yeah oh yeah no i definitely uh had a lot of people following me around i mean i i don't think there was an event that i didn't roll it at some point 
<laughs> and uh, we'd come right back to the next obstacle. We'd pick bungee cord what we had to bungee cord on and zip tie stuff and go right back at it again. That's the way you do it. And that, I think that's the way you learn to do it as well. So uh, that sounds like you've had a, a very interesting uh, uh, past with Jeeps. Now, what are you doing currently? Uh, I, I believe you have an off-road park that you're you're working at? I do. Um, I've actually been there since it opened. It's been through uh, a few different owners. Um, I don't know what the situation was there, but they always seem to call me to come back to help them do the full drive stuff and draw some people in. And uh, this new recent owner, um, he actually opened up my, my, I used to do these races, these King of the Park races. Uh, I did them for, I think it was four or five years in a row. And uh, the last event that we had was when the new owners took over, and I had an excess of thirteen hundred people that showed up. Oh my to god! A small, yeah, to a small, you know, like the full drive area was all of thirty-two or thirty-three acres. You know, it wasn't huge. So uh, then after that, he, you know, he said he didn't want to do it, and and uh, I stepped away for a while, and it took him a couple of years, and he called me back. So I've been back doing that ever since, just trying to create the full drive. In the Central Florida area, there's just not a whole lot of stuff to do down here, so <laughs> I try to make it as interesting as I can. So tell me about the park. What kind of terrain is it? Is it? Uh, uh, I don't know if you guys have seawater there or not. And I God, I'm hoping not. No, no. It's. Um, I mean, really, it's. I think total, it's 102 acres. Um, the owner started out when he came in uh, doing motocross stuff, so it actually has three motocross tracks. Um, and they have some big names that come out there and practice. I know the Deegans have been there. Um, and they, they got some, some pretty big names that come out. So they have an indoor peewee track and then they have a turn track that's off to one side and then the full drive area that I have in the back. So we stay pretty busy with the events that he has going on and the events I have going on. And we actually just this past year had the gambler, uh, 500, I think is what it is come down and did an event the hoopty x guys came out and did a race there and so we're definitely getting out there and get some exposure um i'm trying to get this race thing going again and uh, i think instead of just doing one year race like i used to the uh, king of the park i'm gonna do uh like three qualifiers and then make the king of the park like the king of the hammers florida style i guess is the best way to put it right well, that, that sounds good because you uh, kind of uh, jazz up the, the audience. They kind of get them geared up. It's good. I, I would imagine it's great advertising for the uh, the main event as well. Um, no, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and, and maybe, you, maybe you've already leaned towards this, and this is what makes me ask this, but uh, what is the park open for? Is it just four-wheel drives, or do you do side-by-sides, ATVs, so on and so forth? So, the four-wheel drive area is open for um, four-wheel drives, side-by-sides, um, ATVs. We don't let any any bikes in the back where the four wheel drive area is. They have three tracks up front they can ride if they need to. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean we have you know just specific days I'll set aside for you know a bunch of side by side guys that want to come out and blast through the woods. So some of the slower vehicles aren't getting hit or run over. And I don't know. Let them guys run themselves over going out there thirty mile an hour down a side road. So uh, yeah, I mean we we try to do everything as much as I can. Yeah, it seems like uh, uh, we hear Jeepers uh, complaining so much about the uh, the side by sides uh, out there tearing things up, especially in uh, like in Moab. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, and I'm gonna get in trouble for the way I pronounce that. I don't care. Um, so, <laughs> so I was just wondering if it was just a four wheel drive or not. So it sounds like it's full service. You uh, you kind of cater to anybody that wants to go off road out there. Now, so I said seawater. I guess I was meaning salt water. You guys don't have any salt water in Central uh, Florida. I would assume. 
No, no, it's it's all fresh water. I mean, even the couple little flag ponds that we had, uh, I currently have them closed off. They're just so full of water. We've been getting so much rain. Uh, so the, the actual trails and like we have, uh, the full drive area has obstacles that we've built over the years. Um, I have one, one particular spot that I call, uh, Pitts road. Actually, I named it after myself. Um, my CJ that I have now is on 37th fuel injected with automatic and I can't finish it myself. Uh, it's, it's pretty gnarly. I mean, we got some rocks in there besides the Volkswagens. Um, and oh, it's all cool. of maybe 60, 70 yards long. It's not like it's a super big trail. So we have some pretty good obstacles, some challenging stuff. And then on the flip side of that, we have some stuff where just some stalkers can come out and try out their full drive and see how push their limits a little bit here and there. So, Do you have anything for beginners? Uh, they can come out and maybe receiving some instructions or maybe, uh, you know, general put that, put that tire on that rock and then uh, you're, you'll be fine type stuff. Uh, we do. Uh, just this past weekend, I think it was this past weekend, we just did some stuff with, um, it was this past weekend, with um, Florida Jeep girls. Uh, so all, you know, a bunch of ladies bring their Jeeps out and want to go trail riding. And I know a couple of people that are in the club, so they asked me to come out and spot for them. And, and uh, I have absolutely no problem doing that, you know, get somebody else out there, learn something new and different. So I spent the day out there in my CJ and my wife went with me, and I was in and out of the Jeep nine million times, spotting people over the set and the other, and trying to push them to see how far they'd go or uh-huh. what they would or wouldn't do. Yeah, well, it's a lot of fun uh, teaching people new things, especially whenever they're they're timid and they don't understand their Jeep, and then they're so shocked at uh, how capable even a stock Jeep is. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And the look on some of their faces, like you know, I'll send them through somewhere and spot them through it, and then I'll have them get out and walk what they just drove through and they're like i can't believe <laughs> you know they're, they're so surprised i can't believe yeah. i just drove through this i'm like yeah i mean it's not that hard you just got to get confidence built up yeah exactly and uh, that's a, it sounds like a good place to go and do that now if you when you do the the hands-on helping like that it really helps uh, uh people's confidence so you know uh, hats off to you for doing that yeah we also have a company that comes out and um they use the part for a fee and they have their own classes and it's like a recovery 101 stuff so they'll have you know 20 or 30 up to i think they're maxing out at 35 for a class and they'll do a you know recovery 101 and then they'll do a trail ride 101 and just to kind of get people to understand what the correct straps you need to use if you're snatching on somebody or if you're just winching and what's the snatch block for and things like that so you know people can learn and understand the tools that that they need and use them the right way Oh, absolutely. So what kind of amenities do you guys have, if any, like bathrooms, uh, places to eat, that type of stuff? We do have bathrooms on site. Uh, we're working on some showers. Um, I would like to give you a date on when they're going to be done, but honestly, I can't keep up with what I have to do. So I'm not sure when the showers are going to get done. Um, the uh, So we do have bathrooms on site. We do have uh, RV spots, too. Uh, it's power and water. Uh, there's no septic or anything, but we have, I think there's 52 of those. Oh, wow. Uh, that's great. Yeah. And then of course, all the primitive camping that you can possibly handle, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, we definitely try to accommodate. I know when they have the big motocross races, um, which they just had one not that long ago, it was absolutely packed. There was literally bike riding room only, um, so it, it definitely gets busy, and we try to keep it that way the best we can. 
So uh, I don't have a website for you guys. Do you have a website that we could direct people towards? Because I'm, I'm sure you have uh, or they have uh, some sort of uh, uh, sign up for the, the, the spots or the, like the RV spots and stuff. So all the um, RV stuff and all the hookups, we actually just have them email Melissa at spidermx.com. And then she is the one that keeps track of how many spots are available and oh, okay, and uh, all that stuff. That seems to be working. Uh, no, no. I mean, if, if that's the way you do it, that's the way you do it. I just figured you yeah. probably had a website that I didn't have the information no, for. They have a website. I mean, the, the main, it's, I believe, it, to be honest, I think it's spidermx.com. I'm so busy trying to get my stuff going, the spider off-road side of things, I haven't even... See, I'm just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's it's fine. You know what you know. I just want to make sure that we cover that in case somebody wants to, maybe they're heading out to Florida or maybe they live in Florida and didn't know about this place and they're excited about checking it out. So I just want to be able to give them as much information as possible so that they can, oh, yeah, you know, get so. scheduled up and go there. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure they could uh, you know, just uh, check it out on Facebook and reach out on the the, uh, mm-hmm. the spider off road uh, on on Facebook as well, but uh, yeah. so no, don't feel bad. Uh, it, it is what it is. You know, you can't make stuff up if it's if there's no website, there's no website. Right. <laughs> I guess the biggest thing that I'm working towards now is trying to get this this race thing going. Uh, I've been talking about it for almost a year now, and I remember how much work it was back then. But the payoff for it, just the smile on people's faces when they're driving 35 miles an hour across a huge rock garden and just absolutely obliterate wheels and tires and when they get done, they're high-fiving each other, and, uh, you know, it's, it's funny to watch some of them guys just absolutely destroy their rigs when they come out. They're just so excited that they just did it, you know, so um, we're actually going to have, like, a little startup deal. Uh, it's the last weekend of September. It's the 25th and 26th. That's what we're calling Spider Speed Day. Uh, that Saturday is going to be uh, just all open trail riding. Uh, the track uh, will be somewhat set up without completely closing stuff off for uh, those people that still want to do the obstacles and then they can check if they want to race on Sunday, I'll close the full drive area down to just trail riders and it'll be a one lap as fast as you can run it. Um, I'm hoping to have the lap up around a, a mile and a quarter. And it'll be weaving in and out, going over all the obstacles and blowing through the woods. So uh, that's, that's going to be the first big event of this year. Well, that sounds like, a, sounds like a lot of fun. Now I was digging around on the uh, the internet while, uh, while you were talking and uh, I find, I found spider, that's uh, S-P-Y-D-E-R, uh, the mm-hmm. minus sign M-X uh, dot my shop uh, I-F-Y dot com. And it, it basically yes, says Spider M-X, Action okay. Sports Complex. So, that's the one? Yep, I'll put that in the show notes for you guys so that you can uh, go straight over there. And it actually has uh, the Melissa uh, email address uh, there, on, there the, on, the, on the front page as well. So what now? I think you mentioned this already, but let's uh, let's let's delve into this a little deeper. When you say racing, I, I believe you said like King of the Hammers. So this is this isn't something where I mean we're talking about Jeeps, uh, modified Jeeps, the lifted big tires and stuff. Uh, places where you can go fast, places where you have to slow down and go over things, and mm-hmm. the, so it, it really is an obstacle course uh, for for Jeeps or I guess any off road uh, vehicle. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it always starts out with Jeeps, but I try to encourage everybody to come out. Sure. I, you know, I kind of joke and say, I don't care if you got a geo tracker, or a, a Range Rover, if it's got a transfer case and you want to go fast, bring it, you know, we're not scared. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's, I mean, I have guys that show up in full tube chassis buggies, you know, running cut 43 inch SXs. So we, uh, 
they they like to get down too. So those obviously that's the you know there's three different classes. There's a stock class, um, modified class, and an unlimited class, and it's all tire size. And and uh, I'll start when I kind of get all the details ironed out. I'll start posting all that stuff on the Facebook page and trying to let everybody know what's going on. This one that we're doing in September uh, is just to bring some of the people that used to do the King of the Park, bring them back and see what we've done. Get them to come back and get back into the racing spirit again. And and uh, like I said, there was there was really one other place around here that did it and they stopped doing it. So I figured it was time for me to step it up and get my get my crap together. Oh, yeah. So uh, do you guys have anything on, on YouTube where people could kind of check out maybe some races that have, have occurred in the past? I tell you, if you look up on YouTube, there might be some stuff on there from my old, uh, the King of the Park days. Um, I actually, on Facebook, I have a, if you scroll through, there is a, uh, the King of the Park page on Facebook now from back in the day. And there's all kinds of old videos and stuff we used to do back then. And uh, there, there's plenty of it out there. I might have to be some searching. It's probably been a good three years, I would guess, All right. since I did the last one. So basically give people the, an idea, but what, but what you're saying is it's even better now because there's been lots of changes. So uh, yes. you guys can look at that and go, oh, this has got to be better. So obviously the best thing to do is uh, head out there and uh, have a look for yourself. Uh, it, it can't be that difficult to, to get out and away from the house since you've been stuck in it for over a year. So this will right, be a, exactly. good a good excuse for you Florida people and, uh, well, I guess anybody that's close enough where they want to drive. Right. Well, Scott, I think we've we've mentioned it several times here, but the, let's go ahead and mention it all in, in one last go. Tell me about all the uh, social media stuff uh, that uh, people can look at for Spider Off-Road Park. So we have uh, the Facebook pages, Spider Off-Road. Um, that was actually the original page that I used for the King of the Park. Um, I just converted it over, wasn't really doing any racing anymore. So we have the Spider Off-Road that's on Facebook. And then we have the uh, TikTok page, Spider, I believe it was Spider underscore Off-Road. Yep. Uh, that's actually fairly new. Um, I didn't even have a TikTok page. And my wife said, you need to get your crap together and make a TikTok page. So... I did. Has she told you to get on like, Pinterest yet? No, not yet. No, <laughs> <laughs> she will. <laughs> she's she's super good with that stuff. You know, I I've give her a lot of credit, man. She uh, with that social media stuff, she's all over it. She kind of took over the Instagram page and which is uh, Spider Off Road Park uh, on Instagram, and uh, so it's been. I thankful to her. She uh, she handles a lot of that stuff for me while I'm out there on the tractor building obstacles and spotting people over stuff they probably shouldn't be driving over. <laughs> well, Scott, I can't thank you enough for being on here and sharing this information. I know that uh, if uh, people weren't already uh, aware of the park that live in Florida, this will be great news to them. And, yeah, uh, you know, so, uh, but we'll, uh, I know that we're, uh, we're friends on uh, the Jeep talk show as friends with uh, Spider off road. Uh, on mm -hmm. uh, on the TikTok, or I, I, I've been calling it the Tic Tac, just to uh, <laughs> cheese people off, and uh, <laughs> and that's how we kind of got connected up. But uh, we'll send you a, a send a request, I guess, to your wife for uh, for Instagram, and uh, we'll be uh, checking you out there on uh, the TikTok or the Tic Tac and the, uh, the Instagram. <laughs> good deal. All right, man. Thanks a lot for being with us. Hey, absolutely, man. I appreciate it. It was a uh, good talk with you guys. Are you living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers 
to weekend warriors. From daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. Tony, Josh, and Wendy, I remember when I first joined the Jeep Talk Show podcast, Tony and Josh were always talking about things on their Jeep that would break and how they were going to fix it. I remember Tony telling me back then, that will be me one day, as my Jeep at the time was new, so I didn't have all those problems. Well, that time has come. This past year or so, I have replaced wheel bearings, ball joints, a steering knuckle, and an injector, to name a few. Now my shock mount bracket has broken. It was the upgraded bracket from my lift kit, which has since been redesigned. Now, anytime you lift and put bigger tires on your Jeep, you're eventually going to have to upgrade in other places. Plus, if you do a lot of off-roading, that puts stress on a lot of those Jeep parts. Now, this is the tricky part. Sometimes when your stock parts wear out or fail, you don't always have to upgrade to aftermarket parts. One example is the ball joints. I was told by two Jeep specialty mechanics to stick with the OEM ball joints. But of course, I knew better and thought the dealer did too. I went with an aftermarket set of ball joints. Not a good idea. So, do your due diligence and research. Find yourself a trusted 4x4 mechanic that has experience with Wranglers and lifts. You would be surprised at some of the messed up Wranglers we get in the shop and the amount of messed up information out there. I know Tony has said this before, but you even need to be wary of the dealers too. A guy just brought in his brand new Jeep Gladiator, still with dealer tags. He was complaining it pulled to one side, so he called the dealer, and the dealer told him it was Roadwalk. This was a brand new Gladiator with a two-inch lift. He brought it to us for an alignment, so we got under the Jeep, and there was still a stock track bar. So just to explain, when you lift the Jeep, it moves the mounting hole over about three quarters of an inch. So you need to have a relocation bracket or an adjustable track bar, which is preferred to have the correct geometry. So make sure you find an experienced mechanic who has experience with 4x4s and lifts. And don't be afraid to get a second opinion. So when you add bigger tires to your stock Jeep, those stock parts like the axle, steering components and brackets are going to take a beating with those bigger tires, especially if you take it off road. If you go with 35s, your axle will handle it for a time, but anything bigger than that, and you are most likely going to have a failure more quickly. There are a lot of preventative measures you can take to help extend the life of your factory axles and other suspension parts. That is exactly what we will be doing this weekend, shoring up those weak spots in my school bus. We will be adding new lower control arm brackets as the OEM brackets are showing fatigue failure, plus new shock mount brackets. Brackets are the one upgrade you don't hear a lot about. A common failure point that extends as far back as the TJs are these brackets. They are like ticking time bombs. If you do any sort of wheeling, they're going to fail. They were designed as mall crawler brackets. Typically, most all the aftermarket brackets are weld-on, which is what you will want to use anyways. Two companies we love to use are Artec Industries and Rough Stuff Specialties. Typically, brackets are not that expensive and could save you a ton of money and heartache in the long run. And another tidbit, since working in the shop, I have found a lot of people come in with missing bolts on various parts of their Jeep. I highly suggest you mark your bolts. You draw a line with a marker on the bolt to the bracket to see if it's been moving. 
Plus, after every wheeling outing, get under your Jeep and look it over. Very, very important. Next week on Jeep Life, what should you look for when you are under your Jeep inspecting it after a day of wheeling? Well, I'm just glad to see uh, Tammy's working on her Jeep while laying on her back instead of her stomach this time. It, uh, you can tell she's learned a lot about uh, Jeeps and, uh, their, and those repairs. Of course, you're going to find that out whenever you take it off-road. Hell, just driving it down the road day-to-day, you, uh, you're going to break something, so eventually. So how does Tammy's Jeep life compare with yours? We're always looking for Jeep stories, so contact us and let us know your Jeep life. Let us know what your Jeep life is like, and uh, go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to contact us. Hey, you know, it's easy to sign up for our newsletter. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and you'll find a link to click and sign up. It's as easy to subscribe as it is to unsubscribe. So you don't have to worry about uh, any kind of games that we're going to play and you can never get away from uh, those emails. Uh, it's just, We're just trying to be uh, helpful and giving you information about uh, about the show. Well, that's it for the show this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure and spread the word about the show releasing two episodes a week. Yes, two, Mike Zinn. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Podcasting since 2010.